Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, August 19th, 2013, as we're recording this. It's time for 10 Dozen Minutes of Jake and Mr. Skullhead with Jake and Mr. Skullhead, featuring Mr. Skullhead and Jake, starring Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and coming to you from an undisclosed location is Jake. I, uh, I am in an undisclosed location, but I have a camera pointed at you, and I can see you sweating, Mr. Skullhead. I am. I'm sweating and topless. I mean, Are normally when I do this show, I'm sweating and topless, but I... I have different reasons this time. Mm-hmm. I just came back from a two and a half mile run Damn. because tramps like us, baby, we were born to do that. What were uh, gypsies, liars, and thieves like us born to do? Uh, lie, cheat, and steal. Mm, okay. I mean, the gypsies were born to be a misunderstood and persecuted people uh, who I would not stoop to characterize with any sort of generality but uh, or the even, tramps or even refer to them by that name sure of course but the tramps you know tramps gonna tramp thieves gonna thieve they uh kind of well, what they do we were at a we were at a restaurant last night where there were gypsy peppers on on one of the pizzas and the person next to us because uh, we were seated at the bar asked what a gypsy pepper was and the girl behind the bar described what a gypsy pepper actually is and then said plus you know they they travel around a lot and don't have fixed residences. And I was like, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's sufficiently culturally sensitive for this city. I think you I might feel get like thrown out. The only way that, the only reason that I don't think that the whole gypsy thing is offensive is because I live on this side of the Atlantic. Yeah. Because you know, like, and it's just never been a thing that. You know, we ne- ain't never persecuted no gypsies here, as far yeah. as I know. I mean, that's why it's probably more difficult for us empathetically to get riled up about somebody being called a packy on Xbox Live. Right. Or something. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I also don't know packy. if, not, like, so is it, yeah, I don't know. Like, there are those that would have you believe that you cannot say... I don't know, put a character in a video game that was the gypsy or something, or have, like, make a tarot card where one of the decks is the gypsy or something. But I feel like that's... If it's... Well, I don't know, man. I don't know, I don't know. It's like a minefield of sensitivity issues. We're, we're doing so good. I gotta shut up now. We didn't guess. Like... No, I can't even hazard a guess. If, yeah. uh, if nobody wants if to like, be called a gypsy, then that's totally fine. Sure. If you put the, if you put a thing in the video game where it's like, oh, this is the gypsy, so watch out. They're going to steal your shit and fuck your daughter. Then that's probably not okay. But, right. but like, if, if all it is is a shorthand for describing what they're wearing or, you know. I mean, so then, then that's the thing. Does it become culturally insensitive to have a band of traveling merchants who wear headscarves and do a dance? play castanets or little finger symbols or whatever i don't know man if they're kind of well like say they're say they're greasy and thieving and they have prominent noses and like greasy beards and they talk in an accent that's very thick okay then like you know say they're Watto from uh phantom menace Oh yeah, was he was he was he Romany and not not? No, I, I think he was Arab. Jew? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. And I guess the space Jew is limited to uh, serenity. Because <laughs> this is just like a regular Jew that went to space. It's not like <laughs> an alien that is used to 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 caricature a Jew. 
Gesundheit. Yeah, when we watched uh, Attack of the Clones again recently, I was reminded, because he's in there, and so are the Chinese aliens. Yeah. We're just like, ah, so, Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, I mean, I... So Vulcans are pretty clearly Jews, right? No. No? I don't. I wouldn't think like because their only shtick is the like repression of emotion. Yeah, like Jews. See, I would say the Ferengi have the most like stereotypical associations that one would have with a Jew. Uh, well, are you are you just reading your own prejudices into that though? Well, like if you talk about the stereotype of a Jew, I'm not talking about the the Jewish people, a proud and noble people of whom I would not even refer to as a people because that might insult somebody. When you're talking about a stereotype of a Jew, you're talking like big nose, greedy, obsessed with money, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a Ferengi. Huh. I don't know. I mean, I always I always thought of the Vulcans as a as a sort of a high minded, positive use of that stereotype. Just I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what cultural identifiers I think I recognize there, because there is no. I mean, like the. Fremen, certainly. Oh, like a lost tribe of Israel, yeah. Yeah. But, like... Hmm. And they have bright blue eyes like most Jews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, they control the world's supply of oil. Mm-hmm. It, so, yeah, I mean, maybe not that either. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like we're dancing in a minefield. Nah, we, should do, we should talk about... Uh, if we're going to talk about gypsies, we should talk about my um, weekend at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. You haven't gotten sick of that yet, huh? That was a thing that happened. Oh, I'm sorry. The full name is Ye Olde Renaissance Festival. Mm-hmm. I, don't, uh, I don't actually think we're dancing in a minefield. I think that, I think that we can have conversations like this, and as long as I, as long as I don't talk, we're going <laughs> to be fine. No, I guess what I'm saying is, it, like, I don't know that that... I don't know that those Trade Federation guys are necessarily a bad thing, right? Like using, like, would it be weird if they if they had a race of, I mean, so are are Scottish dwarves like somehow insensitive to Scots, or is it just using a cultural shorthand to like, oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna understand some things about these these characters by just sort of tapping into like a a, just a shared cultural trope right like it's not negative necessarily it's just like they're probably not going to put up with your bullshit and they probably have a sense of humor and maybe drink a lot Hmm. which I guess maybe that's not maybe that's not okay but I don't know I mean I I don't think of you know Scottish dwarf as like I think it's maybe like a little there's a part of me that thinks it's kind of a lazy shorthand right but that's just a that's just a criticism of it as as literature but I don't know that anybody is upset about that and I don't know that those 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 Asian aliens are any different than that really it's weird though like when there's only a couple of does Gimli that is Gimli the only one who talks in Lord of the Rings, the movie? The only dwarf? Yeah. Um, well certainly not in the Hobbit. 
Yeah, in The Hobbit, there's a shit ton of dwarves, and in the Hobbit movie, he they're all just various brands of British. Yeah, it seems like I was trying to think of Lord of the Rings if there, if any of the other dwarves talk, because if there were like all the dwarves came from all over Middle Earth and they were all Gimli. And that would be a little weird. And, like, every Trade Federation guy was kind of asshole. Yeah, but I mean, I... There's also that, like, there's a cultural history there of taking the, like... Sure. Stereotypical Chinese guy, so... But I mean, It it just seems like every time he was making Alien, he took one of the, like, bad stereotypes from the 40s and put them in. Well, but, I mean, I guess the question is, like... So, I mean, they were bad guys, I guess, right? Those guys were... Those guys were they, they they ended up being betrayers but it's not like they it's not like it was like oh look at look at how big their teeth are and they also can't drive very well but they're real good at math you know i mm-hmm. mean it was it was really just a it was like let's just pick a mode of speech and dress that won't be dissonant you know and that's and that's why and it's I would hard argue to, he failed at that, but well, I think he failed at not being dissonant. Well, internally consistent, I mean. You know? Yeah. It's like if they were... It, I don't know. Like, I don't know that it's any better to have... Like, I don't know. If we wrote a, if we wrote a character that was, like, a stoner, but kept talking about his, like, Ed Hardy shirt and his Renaissance Festival boots... Like, that would just be weird, right? Mm. And it would just... And it was like... It would be so weird that you just would not... You know, in reading, you would just ignore it, right? Like, you would just have a picture of a guy... Like, we... I don't think we ever describe what the Highland Lord looks like. But uh-huh. but I feel like it's... If somebody had a picture of them, that dude in their head, it would be a picture that went along with the way that he talks. Mm-hmm. Right? And I mean, I, I guess that's the... I don't know, do those... But that's the thing, man. When you have a... You have this thing covered in a full head mask, he can sound like whatever you want him to sound like. So, or if, if he's a CGI creation or something. So, like, if, if you got in the same movie, the Chinese Trade Federation, the, like, greasy, sleazy Arab guy, and the, like, black dude comic relief, then it... You start to go, like, yeah... You gave Samuel L. Jackson a lightsaber, and for that we all thank you. But sure, I mean, Jesus, I guess at the it would same help time, you, you sound less racist if you would stop doing shit like that. You know, George. you're two British, you're you're British guys in in the original series, though are are the sort of like gay prissy butler and the like tyrannical imperialists, right? So I mean, it's not like, and I don't I don't think that you could argue that that was like a racist caricature of the British. I mean, I like I know how much people hate giving George Lucas the benefit of the doubt. I just honestly, like, while I can see where that is coming from, I can see where that criticism is coming from, and especially with Watto, because I mean, this is a Watto is just like a sort of a repugnant character. Uh-huh. But the trade, the, like, what it seemed to me to be with the Trade Federation was, I mean, I, don't, I guess they're just, I guess they're just like deferential, and sort of conniving but ineffectual. Yeah, so, they're kind yeah, of I mean, maybe that's, and they're shuffling and bowing and Yeah, I mean, yeah. So maybe maybe that is maybe that is gross. I don't know. I just 
it the 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 Scottish dwarves thing is is just interesting. I mean, I feel like the reason that, that Gimli was a Scottish dwarf is because of World of Warcraft, not because of because of the way the Lord of the Rings was written. Like, I don't know that. I mean, that might not be where that came from originally, but it's sort of the same. Like, it at least has the same cult, cultural progenitor, and I don't know that. All right, stocky, bearded. Maybe people just read it that way. They're like, oh yeah, mm. Scottish guy. But there has to be some. There has to be some first Scottish dwarf. Because it's right. weird how common that trope is, and it's also super arbitrary. <laughs> right, because the Scot, the Scots don't. They're not a mining culture necessarily, are they? Uh, yeah, no, I suppose not. I mean, they live in castles, and they, yeah, I don't know what they do historically. They farm. How do they get the the rocks to build the castles? They though? farm goats and sheep. And, and how do they, they make their gold? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Did they have any gold historically? I feel like the yeah, main I thing. Feel they, like they had I feel gold. like the main thing they had that anybody wanted was the rest of England. Hmm. But. Mm. Don't know. Don't know. Anyway, how was the Renaissance Festival? Were there people cosplaying Scottish dwarves and Trade Federation <laughs> Ching Chongs? There were definitely uh, weird cosplayers, and there always are always are a couple more every year. Like, I understand the guy who dresses as Link to come to the Ren Fair. Like, sure, that's you know those games are in that mode. Uh, the Mario and Luigi are kind of baffling. Abraham Lincoln was in there. <laughs> uh, there was someone, there was a woman, actually, which was surprising, dressed as Fluttershy from uh, My Little Pony. Is Fluttershy male or female? Uh, it's just surprising that uh, that wasn't just a guy who was into My Little Pony. Like, when I think grown-up who's into My Little Pony, I think, dude. Okay. But uh, <laughs> There's, There are no ponies. <laughs> and if there were... I think we, you know, where we would put them. <laughs> that's got to like that can't be original, right? Like that's got. I guess you couldn't really write it down, right? Like if you if you see that, it would just be like, oh, bronies and honeys. That's that's sweet that they're so nice to the female members of their tribe. You can maybe pull it off because honey spelled with an e, right? Is it? Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm saying honey is, but honeys. Like if you were like, check out the fly honeys, is that H O N E Y S? I feel like it would be. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess because... That probably is really a word, right? Like, the the bees in this region provide a diverse array of honeys. Sure. There's got to be... Yeah. You know, now I'm going to look at the dictionary. Because that's what our listeners like. I don't know, like, there were seven varieties of honey. Yeah. Plural honeys, H-O-N-E-Y-S. Yeah, you're right. I would never have thought to write it that way. Hmm. Yeah, so if I guess if you did H-O-N-I-E-S, maybe people would read that as honies. Especially if it was bronies before. Oh, sure. Certainly. Certainly that. Um, but I feel like you can't get a word to catch on if it only reads correctly in another context. Yeah. Also, you're not allowed to write that down anymore since they changed the name of that achievement in God of War 3. 
What I didn't hear about that one. Oh, that? it was some. They just there was the name of there was a trophy whose name was Bros Before Hose, which huh. was you got it by like there was some. I, I I have a totally imperfect understanding of the way that the game stuff worked, but my my understanding was that it was just it was sort of like the weird. Uh, kind of extra challenging boss mode achievements that World of Warcraft will sometimes do, which is to present you with a boss fight with a pretty obvious way of dealing with it and then give you a trophy for dealing with it in the opposite of that way. Like, mm. you know, this this dude keeps... Every 30 seconds, he summons a, a monster to attack you, and normally you would just kill it and then wail on the boss for a while, but you get an achievement for not killing any of them until after you've killed the boss. And that was, I think, something I was like, it was just about, like, some unusual situation where you killed some dude before you killed some harpy or something. Uh-huh. And then there was a Fuhrer, and then they changed the name of the trophy, and then I don't remember. And the Fuhrer was like, Nine! Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Nine trophies, I said. Nine offensive trophies. And you only gave nice. me one. So, Fluttershy. Yep. And a, uh... A lot of steampunk around. I get, like, wearing some kind of fancy, elaborate, old-school clothing to the Ren Fair. That makes sense. But, and it, like, I'm not going to be like, well, that's clearly Victorian, and you should really be Edwardian. But when you get into, like, video game characters and ponies and shit, it's just like... This isn't. There are cons in Minneapolis where you could get your like video game cosplay on. Well, they're having fun, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incongruous, but like you know, incongruous is a thing that happens at the Ren Fair because it's the Ren Fair. Yeah, it's sort of built. And I mean, I feel like that the 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 kind of acceptance of of sort of flagrant nerd culture is so and and justifiably so like so high that you almost need more opportunity you know it's i mean it's i i feel i feel like there were you could have said the same thing when like gay people started showing up at regular bars in the 70s right (laughs) you know you know what i mean i mean it's it's just it, it there you shouldn't need to have an excuse to dress in some crazy way that you want to dress Mm -hmm. i guess and so you'll just start to use any excuse as an excuse and it's and cosplay stuff seems to be at that weird like quasi universal acceptance place right now Uh any con no matter what it's about you can dress as whatever and you know, I don't know. It either needs to specialize, or there just need to start being like cosplay bars where you can get that out of your system, like twice a week, or whatever. I don't know. I mean, it was kind of great, though. You know, a good day out. Yeah. What, all, what, all, uh, do you, what all? What do you do at this point when you go to the Ren Fair? I mean, it seems like all of the novelty has to have been worn off at this point. Yeah, but like it helps that it's only once a year, so it's always like the. Fire throwing, eating, juggling people who we're friends with have been working on a new show all summer. So they debuted their new fire show. Uh, the bands have all been working on new music, so we had some new music to listen to. Uh, it seems like even the guys that we used to go see at the Phoenix one are changing up their routines a little more than just doing like the same thing for seven years. 
But like you know, we go see the fire jugglers and the band, and maybe catch one other show if we're out and around. Uh, we took Ollie around to the children's little fairy forest, where he got to meet real life fairies and uh, hopefully someday become one. Just like in the seventies. Yeah, and hold a he got to hold a baby pig. That was good. Huh. Pet a bunch of snakes. Like the things that really excite you as a child. I don't know. If I was holding a baby pig, I would probably be pretty stoked. Right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, maybe not right now, because I don't have a shirt on. Uh, okay, you're afraid it would so, start start nursing. Exactly. If it were a suckling pig. Mm. They have mermaids at the Ren Fair now. Do they have mermaids at the Phoenix one? Do they? Is that a thing? Like in a tank? Yeah, there's a little like grotto where there's... Uh, a stream that runs by and there are a couple of mermaids sitting on the around the stream and then at the end there's a tank I have a picture in my head of win. that but I think it might be from you describing it from last year's Minnesota Ren Fair that's possible um. there are a lot of people who started out just wearing a costume and showing up every weekend who are now making a quasi living at it which I think is kind of cool that's cool like there's a fairy who doesn't talk and plays a little set of pan pipes and she just kind of walks around and when she sees kids she gets down on her <clears throat> like sits on her haunches and plays a little pipe thing and gives them little glass beads and you know the kids eat it up the parents give her money and Wait, the kids eat the glass beads uh, they eat up the experience oh if they're really shitty parents, they eat up the beads. Okay. She should probably just give them candy. If they're really shitty experience, really shitty parents, they eat out the experience. Really Thanks. shitty parents. Fuck that. Sorry, that was terrible, and I ruined it. So something about eating out shit. That's all I got. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is where you would take that, you swine. Um. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, that was my big day out for the weekend. We went to the Renaissance Festival this year, and it was. I don't know. We saw the whip guy again. Mm-hmm. And that's always fun. Um, I don't even remember what else. It was. I they think have, it was during um, February, so I wasn't drinking, and so it was soups boring. Uh, they have a giant set of swings that are like uh, shaped like ships, and then there's a big crossbeam on top, set at a right angle to the beam that's holding it up, with ropes on it hanging down so each side gets a rope and you yank on the rope to make the thing swing and that is really satisfying just like how high and fast you're swinging is directly related to how hard you can pull this rope and it you like hold it high enough that you let it lift it off lift you off your seat a little bit and then come down and pull as hard as you can with your entire body oh they're like one person rides it's like one person sits on each side, and then, you know, Ollie was on the other side with Jess. Mm. And then each person gets the rope from the other side of the crossbeam. So you can kind of take turns pulling. Huh. And pull and make the thing go. And that's, that's satisfying in the same way that... Like, in a magnified way, the same way that, the, that riding a bicycle is satisfying. Yeah. You know, like... Just conver- wow, look at how fast I'm going with just my energy. Yeah, or like like a sit and spin. Did you ever have a sit and spin when you were a kid? I did. There, I really, really enjoyed that. As I recall, I think I I think it'd be terrible now. 
Yeah, oh no, Ollie does that and it's very satisfying you know. in a way that a pogo ball decidedly is not. Right. That's a, sort of it's a thing. It's like, holy shit, I'm getting somewhere. Look at what I look at what we're doing. Yeah, as opposed to just like, oh, this is a device for dampening. Like I would be jumping higher and more without this thing. <laughs> right. I've never actually ridden a pogo stick, I don't think. I have not I haven't either. I think by the time I was aware they existed, I was already too heavy. Hmm. Did you not grow up aware that they existed? I feel like I primarily knew about them from, like, I don't know, Sergio Aragonez marginals. And like, <laughs> I don't know, like, that, that is a weird thing. Because I don't know, like, how does a kid find out about pogo sticks now? Do modern On kids even know about pogo sticks? They have. Yeah, I mean, my dad, let me, my dad let me ride his pogo stick in the backyard because he didn't, you know, he figured if I was going to do it, he wanted me to do it in a place that was safe. Right. Sometimes if you had taken a pogo stick to a party, all you had to do was call him and he would come pick you up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, it seems like... All I had to do was call him, he'd be anything I need. Yeah. Like, the little pogo sticks for little kids, when I... The first time I saw one of those, I think I was already too heavy to to ride one and then it was just like hey they came out with ones for people who weigh like up to 120 pounds like cool I weigh 140 pounds mm. and how, who knows what was always a bridesmaid with the pogo stick thing yeah are you, how's your um how's your running going I was you know you're joking about being sweaty but it's because you uh, we started the show a little late because you were so dedicated to your exercise regimen which is that's good that's great yeah I just finished the sixth week of it. And I'm going through it a little faster because instead of doing actual weeks, I'm just doing every other day because I don't want to take like Saturday and Sunday off and then run Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So it it started off with periods of walking and periods of running kind of interspersed and the running segments have been getting longer and the walking segments have been getting shorter. Mm -hmm. This is the second time that I ran the entire 25 minutes hmm. so uh, you know like the first third of it is a decent it's like a respectable pace not a sprint but a, a pace the second third is a little bit slower and the final third is like s- slowing down to a shuffle that is still technically running and then noticing you're doing that and pushing yourself to speed up again so it's not as easy as I would like it, but it's amazing that I ran for 25 minutes without stopping. Yeah, I don't think even, I, I don't think I could run for 25 minutes without stopping. Even just moving for 25 minutes without stopping. Hmm. Feel great. It's cool. Good. It's probably too early for you to be losing any weight as a result of it, but I'm down seven pounds. <clears throat> so you know that's seven pounds that I don't have anymore, which is good. That's cool. Well, never mind. I Forget probably, what I said about it being too early. By the time we get to con, I will probably be back down to the weight I was at last con. Oh, good. So then I'll be like, man, you're getting kind of fat. So we can just pretend that yeah. none of the being gigantically fat happened. I don't at all mean to diminish the thing that you just said that you did, but I, I like I tend to ignore. Like I always tell Emily, and this is again probably not. What I should do is use this to defuse when she says, fuck, I gained three pounds since yesterday. 
and not to diminish when she says, yay, I lost three pounds since yesterday. But like, I kind of think of, I sort of fluctuate within a range that I just call 10, you Uh know? And if I notice I'm like tending to be towards the high end of that 10 range, then I like maybe adjust a little bit in the other direction. But like, yeah, I don't know. That, 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 those normal, like, I feel like it's only really meaningful if you look at a floating average over time, which no one is ever going to do unless you're just yeah. using some sort of a, some sort of like a, you know, a spreadsheet or something. And so it's so hard to, I mean, it's just like one of those things why it is so difficult to stick with anything is because you don't, you don't get the immediacy of feedback because that's just not how your body works. Yeah. This, um, I've been pretty steadily at 275 for two or three months at least. Mm -hmm. And then the past two weeks that I've weighed in has been between like 267 and 270. So there's definitely a little bit down. I guess you don't don't oscillate as significantly as I do between the I just drank a gallon of beer and I just woke up and pissed away all of my body's precious moisture. Like I do, uh, I don't binge or purge. Yeah, I wouldn't call peeing a lot purging. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, unless yeah, I pee, you're, unless you're I just pee you're an, bulimic through your dick. If I pee in an anthill, I guess I've in a way. I guess that's more scourging. Or does scourging mm. require fire or a whip? It required both in Lord of the Rings, and I, I have reason to believe that J.R.R. Tolkien would only use words that mean precisely what he. Mm-hmm. Intended them to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, and if he if if there's not a word in English for what he is trying to express, he'll just be like, "Fuck it, I'm making up an entire additional language." Yeah, that is what, what? he does. Yeah. I have not done anything that I could remember to to talk about. Um, just, just kind of low energy from still getting over. Like I, I've had a headache for like twelve hours, and I think it's just still this fucking pox from Australia. Hey, you're still working through that, I saw. Yeah, just, just, uh, yeah, still, uh, still not right in the head. Sinus-wise. We went, we went climbing yesterday and finally felt like we were back on the horse. That was, mm-hmm. we were, oh, we climbed a horse. It was easier than, easier than a rock face. Um. <laughs> I began climbing again, but just onto horses. <laughs> yeah, it makes it a lot easier to get back home. Um, I've been I've been lonely. My girlfriend went back to Arizona because school started. Ah, uh, so got another. That's what you get for dating someone who's still in middle school. <laughs> I guess that's true. They're gonna start before Labor Day. Yeah, and then I gotta bother everybody at work to buy some of my girlfriend's cookies. And you have to make sure you load up the card for her lunch money so that she can get lunch, the hot lunch every day, because you don't want to pack her lunch every day. Is that how that works? Yeah, you load up a card these days. Yeah, that way uh, you can't beat somebody up for their lunch money. Huh. Is that really the rationale, or was it just... No, it's probably just... It's better if this kid lose this card that actually has no monetary value, then... And that we can keep track of the value of it, independent of him. I mean, if you lose it, do you get a refund? Well, I would wager they replace it. Huh. Yeah, I guess they could. I mean, if all it was, if all it was, was a database that was keyed to the ID of a card, and they know which one was his, they could just transfer 
they could transfer the charge from that old ID to the new ID, and then even if somebody found it, it just wouldn't have any money on it. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. I just always assumed that, like, if I lost my Clipper card, that I was just fucked. Like, sorry, you don't get to eat anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like I if you... Know. I don't know. What happens if you buy a movie ticket, and then you lose the ticket? You go up there, and you explain to the mentally handicapped guy taking tickets... <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, generally the person behind the counter has your back unless it's super busy. Yeah, I guess they will remember. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I avoid uh, having to deal with these situations by just always uh, trying to keep good track of things. Not lose stuff, you know? Exactly. No, I, I get that. <sighs> uh, well, I have another topic, actually. I came loaded for bear today. Damn. I did stuff, and I thought about things. And so, uh, have you played any Plants vs. Zombies 2? I have. And what do you think about, uh, what's your take? You know, I... After the first, say, hour of it, I was like, you know, this is a really good game. And uh, after after a couple more, I, you know, I don't know, I've probably, I've probably played four or five hours of it. And yeah. I like that it is. I'm, you know, I've been kind of trying to formulate my thoughts on it because it's this is a it's a it's a ripe topic for for video games, hot dog. I like that the only thing that not giving them money seems to do is make it really hard, because uh-huh. it is a much more fun game when it is hard. Um, because when you fail at Plants vs. Zombies, it doesn't feel like it's because of a bad die roll on the zombie side. Like, it feels like just a failure to plan or to be reactive enough. Or to get, you know, to get your economy going. And so, it, to me, it has been interesting to subject myself to the challenge of just, like, playing it without giving them any money. I have not spent any of the coins that I have earned. And I, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to not do this. Right, because that's those are just the, the crazy power ups that give you an advantage that you can then pay for. And I mean, I know you earn the coins, but it's like in playing a hundred rounds, you earn enough coins for ten power ups or whatever. Yeah. Right. And so I, you know, I don't. I am grossed out by all of the microtransaction stuff, but. I am just pretending that it's not there, and in doing that, I'm playing a really fun game for free. Yeah, I give them credit because you can pretend that it's not there. And in a way that, like, a Candy Crush saga seems to be made to irritate you to the point where you spend money on it. Mm -hmm. I don't think they... I don't think that any of the challenges I've seen thus far are hard enough that I would pay money to complete them or that I would need to. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a great job at balancing it. It's right up at the edge of my being able to do it and it feels good when I beat something. And, you know, if I were the guy who didn't care about that feeling and just wanted to unlock shit, then I could do that. And I've, I feel better about them having all that shit in there because it seems like they made the game first. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, we'll sell you process because or progress because we're EA, but the pop cap vein of things is to make a solid game. Yeah. 
and, and if you just choose not to play it, then you can pay us money. Yeah, I don't. I wonder how much the original George Fan, the original Plants vs Zombies guy, had to do with it because he like he was sort of a notable departure from the studio. But it can't have been. They can't have done this entire thing since then. You know, so I don't know if he was involved in it to begin with and then left because they were ruining it or what. It's, you know, I wouldn't feel bad about it in its current state if it had cost $5. And then there was oh, still no. a it, microphone. It, it feels like cheating to get it for free. Yeah, and, and that's weird. I mean, I, you know, I just, I, like, I, I had started to hear that's like, you know, it's not so bad. Like, people were talking about this like it was going to be really sleazy, but it's not so bad. And then I just read there was, there was a, I think it was just a Kotaku article that was like, here is the right way to play Plants vs. Zombies 2. And it was just like, don't use the power-ups. Like, you'll be fine. You can get every plant in the game except for one without giving them money, which Kevin insists is not the case. But I don't know who to believe, Kevin or Kotaku. Um, right. But it's like, you know, I, I just was like, oh, all right, I'm going to try it. And it's good. It's hard. It's like, I like how challenging it is. Some of the mini games I just don't find fun at all, and so I'm gonna be pissed off. I'm gonna be pissed off if my progress is ever gated by that fucking memory game. Uh huh. Um, I thought that one was kind of fun. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't. The cannon one on the pirate level, I have yet to beat. Uh, is that the one where the all the bird guys are flying in and you? Yeah, and you're kind of waiting for the right formation where you can do maximum damage with a cannon. It's interesting, but I've played it five times and haven't beat it yet. Mm, I, pl- I think I I played that once. Is it one of the optional ones or do you have to do that and then is there a sequence of increasing difficulty ones? That seems to be what they do. Like They gi- they give you a new plant when you open one of those key doors. It's, it's just a weird thing. It's like you can either grind for these keys but it doesn't take that long. Like You're going to get them before you run out of things to do. Yeah. And or you can, you know, pay a dollar to get a new plant, whatever. And then, you know, and they, I haven't unlocked the Wild West yet because I just like haven't gotten enough extra stars. They're really generous with those stars, though. Like, I feel like we we played maybe three quarters of the challenges in Egypt, and we're able to unlock the pirates. <clears throat> so when we need more stars to unlock the Wild Wild West, it can go back. Yeah. And farm the rest of the Egypt stars. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. And I would have expected them to be way stingier with the stars and keys since they're also charging for them. But it, again, it just seems like it's it was made with people like us in mind and then kind of added on for today's modern wussy gamer. Yeah. Yeah. See, to me, like, if somebody said, we're going to play basketball and for an extra, you know, two dollars every time you throw the ball i will lower the goal two feet and then you'll get the highest score in basketball and you'll be the best at basketball and i would say no i'm kind that would just mean that i paid somebody money to get me a higher score and if they said hey come play basketball at my basketball court we set the net two feet higher than it normally is, and if you pay us two bucks every time you throw the ball, we'll lower the net two feet so that you will actually make a basket, then I would say, you're not offering me a game of basketball. You're offering me a game of I give you money to for a false sense of achievement. And that's... It, so, like, the Candy Crush mode, where 
we're going to make this so hard that you can't beat it unless you pay us. And then you get the meaningless thrill of having this made easy enough for you to beat is just bizarre. I mean, and I'm candy- so glad that they didn't do that because the Facebook Plants vs. Zombies is that. And it's bull. It's just Yeah, bullshit. I think that's where you talking about how terrible that was and then other people talking about how terrible it was is kind of what gave me the impression that I just was no longer excited about Plants vs. Zombies 2. Right. Um, the, the plant food thing is fucking great. The fact that every every verb that you have in the game has this additional like sort of limit break mode all yeah. of which are different and tactically interesting like i don't know man it's i think it's fucking fun yeah like they have their own i was impressed that they all have their own animations and then i haven't seen any duplication either and like some of them are not that great yeah but they're you know they're there. You can play your the one on your bonk choy to make him be a little whirlwind of kick ass for one dude, or you can put it on your cabbage to take out half of the dudes on the screen. Yeah, they like I thought. But the, finding that out is cool. The too. bonk choy I thought starts attacking all of the squares around it. Yeah. So it does. so I mean that's a way like if if somebody got past you on a row above or whatever. Right, like it's that's the thing. I mean, it's like it's neat that you kind of want to save them, and then it's neat when you're full and there's one floating around because you're like, all right, fuck it, I can just put this on anything. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Pretty, it's been pretty satisfying. I, the only downfall to the to having it set up this way is, like Ollie played the entire first Plants vs Zombies start to finish, and it like it took him a couple of weeks of grinding at the the last level before he beat it and I was really impressed that he stuck with it but like he beat the game he'd completed Plants vs. Zombies this one like he can play the initial 10 levels say of Egypt and then maybe 3 or 4 of the star challenges Mm -hmm. but then it's just too hard Yeah, and then I have to help beat it so that he can move on to the next set of levels so I mean the first one was really easy I feel yeah. like and it, yeah it's good for the, to have the challenge but it, it isn't something that I can sit him down with and then walk away for half an hour and come back I mean the first one was it was only hard to like 100% it you know that was the mm-hmm. thing and this one you know that, that was the satisfying goal this one like I feel like just progress is satisfyingly challenging I, you know I don't know you know, and maybe this is the way you do it. Maybe this is the way you, like, because anybody who's going to be pissed off about unethical free-to-play models is also going to be a person who doesn't want their games to be games for fucking babies. And so uh-huh. this is the way to just make everybody happy. Yeah, and hit it with the... I would rather have them do it this way than water it down. To say, like, we're not making it a casual game... We're making it a pay for it to be a casual game. Yeah, just kind of that's kind of cool. I wonder how well it will do. I wonder. I wonder if it's going to make them any money. I mean, there's a part of yeah, me that just doesn't care uh, because it's EA. But then there's another part of me that's like, well, if this made as much, if this made ten times as much money as Plants vs Zombies One, then maybe they'll make more games like this, and they will. There will just be more super challenging games for me to play for free, and that. And I don't even feel like, you know, if this was a game by some independent team, I would want to give them some money. I would have already given them some money. 
you know, and I would have, right. and, and it would probably ruin the game for me because I, that's what always happens to me is I play a game and I like it and I'm like, oh, I should give these guys some money and then I give them $20 and then whatever advantage I get from that $20 just kind of ruins the game and I stop playing. <laughs> um, and be hard. What I'm hoping for, though, is they, <clears throat> they've teased that they're just going to add levels kind of in the way that Cut the Rope does. Or Angry Birds, yeah. That randomly, set, like that set of icons I hope that down they at do. the bottom is real short and could be real long. And honestly, if they said, "Okay, so we we've got the space module, and if you give us three dollars, you can get it, and that's the only way you can get it," I would yeah, be fine with yeah, that, and yeah. I would give them three no, bucks in a heartbeat. That's, that's uh, and I would do it over and over and over yeah. if they were that every, good. like every couple months. Every couple months, if they if they did a if they did a significant amount of stuff for some single digit number of dollars I would totally I would totally do that you know and they, they've got to they've got to understand that right yeah like, like nope we're never giving you any more game so that you can give us money yeah. yeah I don't know you know it's I like that it I like that just right out of the box it supported listening to external audio while you were doing it because that is one way to get me to stop playing an iPhone game is to not let me listen to podcasts while I do it um, but yeah, it's been good. I've been playing it on Jess's iPad and found since I made like a, a three or four hour progress on it, I don't want to pick it up on the iPod too. Mm-hmm. I suppose I could link the accounts. Yeah, there is some trick for if iCloud doesn't work. Um, in theory, it just has unified saves across it but i keep hearing people saying that it that it doesn't actually it's also like jess's ipad is from the school so Mm. it's not on my apple account it's on the one that she made for the school so that she could buy things without getting in trouble Gotcha. but i wonder if i signed in with facebook if i could then pull it up through facebook yeah i don't know on mine it'd be interesting to see yeah i mean i just you know, the like as far as I'm concerned, the iPad is for watching Netflix in bed, which I don't even do that anymore since I got the Roku, and for using as a cash register. So like it just went home with Emily because it's like just not, it's not a thing that I need for anything. So mm-hmm. and I just got my one my one phone, my one device that takes care of all my needs. It really understands yeah, it you. It really does. The way that no other device does. Good old Siri. Right here and now. Do you want to risk having a slightly short show and get into questions? Or do you want to continue shit, to sh- risk a short shoot show. shit about something, something? Uh, uh, yeah, and since we agree on Plants vs. Zombies 2, there's not a huge conversation there. I, I think the whole thing is fascinating, too. Yeah, no, it's been... It'll be interesting. Yeah. Did you uh, did you get a chance to play Gone Home yet? I spent about an hour with it, and in that time, didn't leave the front room. Yeah. Yet, I've just been very methodically exploring everything. It's mesmerizing. Yeah. Which is weird because there's nothing in that front room that's really out of the ordinary. Yeah. I mean, even just like but realizing you can about turn this. on a lamp. It's like it gives you that, like, oh, holy shit, the toilets are flushable, <laughs> you know, 
in between shooting a bunch of dudes from some guy from the 90s. This is why my computer is chugging trying to render this. It's like every... There's all these interactable objects. It's weird. Like, I wouldn't say chugging, but the fan was running... Like, it sounded like an old Xbox yeah, the whole I mean, time it's I in, was it's playing. Yeah, I mean, it's in Unity, so it's not, it's not using the sort of better ways to do that. It's, I, I think Unity errs on the side of compatibility versus performance, and so... Oh, that's... Like Unity, the plugin that you use to play 3D games on, like Congregate. Yeah, that's that's just oh, the huh. sort of web web version of that. It is it is uh, it's kind of ascendant as the the engine for indie 3D development. No at shit. this point, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. I can't wait to spend more time yeah, with it. No, good. I'm glad you like it because I know you know you had you had specifically talked about how much you enjoyed the sort of environmental storytelling aspects of Bioshock, and this is. This is just a direct descendant, you know, down to the dudes writing it, of that, of a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and telling me it's a first-person shooter where you don't have to shoot anybody is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I can, I can hang with that. Yep. All right, sure, we can dive into questions. Wax says, please tell me the difference between reasonably but adamantly refusing someone and being a dick about refusing someone and how to not come across as the latter. It can be for anything. Dude, I have no idea how to say no to someone, so I just when I when the answer is no, I will just ignore them. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. fucking work for anybody. And then so what I'll do is either ignore them or say yes and resent it, and then that'll build up over time. So that's great. I mean the person that you're refusing, unless they're a truly remarkable person, is gonna think you're a dick because you're refusing them. So, just you know, like just be polite. The same way that you would saying anything else, and be firm. And if they think you're a dick, well, you'll know that you weren't one. I mean, this is, like if you've helped three friends move for the previous three weekends, and then your friend says, "Hey, can you help me move?" and you're like, "I would really rather just stay home and jack off all day." No, at that point, I would tell a socially acceptable lie. That's yeah, and that's the thing that I kind of can't do, right? Because or at least say like, "Man, have I ever helped three people move in the past weekend?" And I can't move anymore. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. Okay, so what if you haven't helped three other people move and you just want to jack off all day? <laughs> right. Well, then you they text you and say, "Yo, bro, can you help me move?" And you just don't answer the text. Huh. Okay. I was assuming that they would. I was assuming that they would. After you had ignored ten texts, they would corner you at the bathhouse and yeah. ask you in person. And then you're just like, "Oh, and hold on a second, just say, I just dropped something." And then you just disappear under the water and stay there. And what you dropped was a smoke bomb. <laughs> yep. <sighs> All right. Uh, Wack continues. He gets into an, into an argument with his nerd friends about whether Crack Rocks could beat up Lars the Siberian. You assert that Lars would kick the, ca- the crap out of Crack Rocks, quite rightly, and get nerd slapped into oblivion. Okay, but which one is cooler, Lars the Siberian or Sneaky Pete? Cooler? Uh, we don't really know anything about Sneaky Pete yet. Yeah. What we know about Lars the Siberian, though, is that he's, like, totally ripped bro. He has a laser gun arm or a laser gun depending on which version okay like whether or not the author has checked back to, to see mm-hmm. 
Uh, he does he have a, some sort like of a cyber dick? He doesn't have a cyber dick, but he does have a robot companion. Does Sneaky Pete have a robot companion? I don't know. He has a basket. Oh, what could be in the basket? Maybe there is a cyborg companion. Oh, in the basket. okay, could be. There could be a little robot dick in the basket. Right. I mean, Sneaky Pete is named after a. I guess you could call it a robot dick. Sneaky Pete is named after the same thing that Steely Dan is. Uh, yeah, yeah. The same type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I mean, Steely Dan's pretty cool. There is a Sneaky Pete's bar in town mm-hmm. here. Which I kind of wanted to go to just because it's that, but then I realized that doesn't mean that it's any good. Yeah. Yeah, like... I Uncle, should at least get a picture taken in front Uncle of it. Uncle Monkeys certainly wasn't, despite having a pretty good mm. name. Um, Jick! Why don't I... Yeah, Since you're on. a horrible, dumb jerk face who ruins something about orcs and sex jokes that I don't understand, I demand your photocopied butt in recompense. Get faxing. Ah, uh, you'll never have my ass. The more you, the more you, the more you ask for it, the further away from you it gets. Uh, last week, he says, torso awareness being acquirable but not permeable without ascending. This would be great, and you'd be able to do a shirt item of the month. Eh? Eh? Yeah, it's not a bad idea. It's still like it's in the long trek from back burner I think. Yeah. No, I mean I like I feel like the bee is in the bonnet. Suddenly having suddenly having the little spark of like oh what if it just gave you a quest that you could do even if you hadn't ascended that just costs some turns and so it's like a thing that the people that we want to help would not mind doing and the thing that the people that we you know don't want to piss off don't care about. So yeah, you're fine. Uh, what happened to being able to change my mini adventurer class? Uh, that kept getting backburnered. Yeah, man, I don't even, I don't even know. That's probably a thing that we should do, because it's nice. Uh, Jick, a couple weeks back on book discussions, some books I've read, while they are not bad, calling them good carries connotations of quality that I'm not willing to attribute to certain materials. So thank you for the term pulp as an entertainment descriptor. Yeah, you know, I would not. I don't know. I, I don't want saying that a book is good to have the connotation of quality that you're talking about. I mean, I think I would be more inclined to say that, like, it's possible for a book to be good but not important. And pulp is pulp is a sort of a broad, you know, just like genre fiction. Like, it's fine, right? You can just write a fucking Western and it's not going to change the world, but it's good. You know, it's like, like fucking Lonesome Dove is a good book. I guess that's arguably not a Western, but, I don't know, porn for girls and gay uh-huh. dudes. That's what I was told, at least, when I read it and told everybody how great it was. They were like, oh, that's a book for gay dudes and girls. I was like, well, then I guess I'm a gay dude and a girl. I thought Lonesome Dove was one of the more manly things to, like, there are feelings discussed in it, but yeah. it's like, there's cowboys sure. and shit. Sure, but I mean, it's, guns, it, it is from they? the man who brought you terms of endearment. <clears throat> Right, okay. I mean it's but it is from like a man. that guy. You know, he's, I think he's, I think he's a man. I think I think it, that's part of being a man is being willing to willing to and able to express your feelings. Lonesome Dove is really good, though. Any uh, any listeners who have not read Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry, go ahead read the first ten pages, and I bet you will want to read the rest of the book, and then you will be really sad when it's over. Not because it was a sad book, but because uh, but because you you want there to be more of it. Oh, wait, and also because it's fucking super sad. Take, oh, uh, I forgot that it's actually really sad. 
So it's also really sad, and it'll also make you sad that it's over. Mm-hmm. <coughs> both both the ending and yeah. the fact that it's there are over. a bunch of prequels though, which are a lot more. The prequels are a lot more for dudes, I think. Um, there is one. There is one in which a lot of the book centers around a guy who is captured by Indians, and it, they cut off his eyelids and put him in a cage up on a the top of a pole <laughs> and mm. he spends days and days in that cage and it's pretty fucking grisly <laughs> so i feel like that's yeah. not a book that's not a romantic book for ladies that's a like a book that makes you think about what it would be like to be in a cage in the desert in the sun with your fucking eyelids cut off I don't think it ever occurred to me the notion that someone could cut off your eyelids until that. See, we always had the like kid urban legend of the kid who had fallen off the swing set and caught his eyelid on a nail. Mm -hmm. So I was always aware that eyelids were something that could go away and then just think like, oh, I want to blink now, but ah. Yeah. yeah, that would really suck. The guy eventually goes, uh, goes. He escapes, and he goes. Spoiler alert! And he goes back to Boston and invents uh, a, a gl- glasses with like a reservoir of water and a squeeze bulb that will spray his eyes with a soothing mist whenever he needs it. Hmm. Um, so that was pretty weird. I mean, and then you start thinking about how all right, the old West was like 1880, so yeah. it was like not. It, yeah, there were trains, you know, and that was not that long ago. <laughs> 130 yeah, years it's ago? Yeah, it's just, it's weird. It, I remember being struck by how weird it was when, like, I realized that not that much, to, because it seems like, like, I've always felt like the, the Western as a genre was very similar to, like, medieval fantasy as a genre. And so it mm-hmm. seemed like it must have been very deeply separated by time, but it wasn't. It really was just separated by distance when distance was a much bigger deal. But it was like the right. whole thing, you know, all of that, all of that brief and, and you know, probably false storied culture was like post-industrial. You know, yeah. crazy. They just didn't have cars, so you couldn't just get there. There weren't really roads in that part of the country. So it was like, it really was like not that long ago that there was an extremely hostile frontier that I am, you know, now on the other side of where you were probably going to get killed by displaced, by not yet displaced natives. If you, you know, (laughs) invaded them, which is kind of what you do to somebody who invades you. This does not paint the. Uh, this does not the, the those that series of books does not paint the the Comanche in particular as a real sympathetic group of dudes, though. Yeah. At the same time, nobody was worried about uh, whether or not you circumcise your kid. That's true. That's true. Or declawed your cat. If you if you, uh, if you brought a dog in to to a restaurant and scattered food under somebody else's table, they would just fucking shoot you and not get right. in trouble. Yeah. If you had a dog as a pet, people would think you were very strange. That's probably true. As opposed to just, you know, a an animal that lived on the bar- the farm with you. 
Uh, Canifier40 says, as long as the kingdom's focus is still on homeowners associations, how are you doing with yours, Jake? I don't have a homeowners association anywhere. Then uh, I don't think I've gotten in trouble with the city, but at the same time, I have not gotten my mail in eight weeks. So, I don't know. I have no idea what kind of trouble I'm in with anyone or what. Like, ah, man. This is no way for a grown-up to live, Mr. Skullhead. You're like a gypsy tramping. Yeah, I am. I fucking... I... For, like, four months, there has been this saga of jury duty because I keep getting told to go places when I'm not in the state. And so Mm. I do what I do with all of my intractable problems. I just ignore it. And I have no idea if you... Like, I have no idea what kind of trouble you get into. And what sucks is that, like, if they were like, hey, we need you to come serve on a jury, I would fucking drive back to Arizona to do that because that sounds like fun, right? But what I won't do is go there, stand in a room for six hours, and then have them tell me to go home, you know? Which is seems to be what happens 20 out of 19 times that you have jury duty. I mean, what has happened to me every time, this is either the seventh or eighth time I've been called for jury duty, which is weird because it happens to some people never, it seems. Right. Um... I got it once and ignored it, and I'm still not in jail. Okay, good. But you call, it says, you know, call beforehand to see where you're supposed to go, and then you call them and they say, ah, don't bother showing up, right? Because they have to start the process for trials that might not occur. So, yeah, yeah, whatever. (sighs) Uh, He says, so when KOLHS dropped, my first reaction was, uh, my monitor fell asleep. My first reaction was, ugh, 40 turns per day spent in school, that sucks. After actually playing it a bit, though, I'm finding it really mechanically interesting. The extracurriculars present some really interesting choices to make every day, and it's a lot of fun to play a path where decision-making is actually relevant. This is not the case in either Avatar of Jarlsberg or Big. Uh, What was the design philosophy between KOLHS? How did it change from concept to finished product? Was it a suggestion from Scully? I'm interested in hearing about how it came to be. Yeah, you pretty much just made... it. I made everything except the interesting decisions that you get to make yeah and i mean that was our that was like always gonna be the thing that had to be run past other people right i mean it was just like let's i'm i'm so used to putting that stuff in front of dev and talking it over and we got surprisingly little dev testing on this because everybody was so everybody was so dreadsylvania and and it was not done until like two days before it rolled but I mean, yeah, it was like it was like, well, okay. So what do we what do we make these guys drop, and how do we? Because you had basically like, you sort of figured out. You you decided, all right. Well, you but the way that you fight in the hallway determines whether you're a nerd or a jock or a greaser or whatever. And then I was like, all right. Well, how do I how do we do that in the most satisfying, tactically interesting way in KOL's idiom? And it was more. So much of that was just a question of implementation rather than a question of how it was going to feel you know, and what it consisted of. It seems like you went through a few different variations on how the extracurriculars were going to work and stuff, and then... Yeah, the the very first idea was over the course of several days, you would join an extracurricular and then get invited to, like, a, a deeper inner circle of the whatever thing you joined, and then at the end of that, you would get... <clears throat> one of three things that would skip a bunch of the tower quest for you. But we realized that people don't really spend, you know, five or six days in the school, so it needed to be something that worked a lot faster than that. So I think it was just the extracurriculars should 
let you make something cool that lets you skip stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I had the shop teacher like building stuff in the shop and the chemistry thing and the uh, well I guess those are the two shops those were going to be non-combats in the middle of of the day which I'm glad they're not yeah I mean that was part of it was like limiting making it so you could only do one of those in a day meant that to get the things that were the most sort of ascension relevant it made it more important to decide whether you were going to be a nerd that day or whether you were going to be a jock that day. And so mm. I think I think limiting that... Because, I mean, you would initially, like... A lot of the items were... Some of the stuff that you make out of those items were just, like, from multi-using pieces of wire or, you, you know, you had made some stuff for multi-using angry inches or whatever rather than making all of the drops crafting ingredients. Yeah, there were just weird little one-offs. Yeah. And it, you know, that was that would have been fine. It was just like, eh, well, let's like what can we what can we like there are like 10 unanswered questions. How do we answer the most questions with the fewest systems? And mm. that's, you know, just kind of where it landed. It was good though. I feel like it was like this weird time split collaboration, right? Because you did so much mm. of the work in I don't, I don't know, February or March. When did you no, it was before that. Was it before the end of the year? I think it was because the the original idea was for it to come out at the second yeah, quarter. It was February. Yeah, it was supposed to be February, but then, but then we sort of moved to that. Well, like I I decided that I wanted to do a clan dungeon. That I wanted to just like like God damn it, we know we should do a clan dungeon. So let's just this is what we're gonna fucking do. So we need to not hmm. do a a tough from our point of view challenge path you know and right. what's interesting though is that this one ended up being a tremendous amount of content but not that much work for anybody but you you know it's like I don't know I probably spent like four days and C.D. Moyer spent a couple days and Hot Stuff spent a couple days but it was like you know it was very it was very coherent when you got done with it so yeah it's good yeah, it was nice to just come up with all of the monsters and put all of their descriptions and shit in and all of the zones and all of the layout and everything just kind of by myself on my own pace. That was super, super yep. fun. Hmm. And he says, also, Folder Holder is amazingly overpowered as a free pull. It makes Boris's hat, bare arms, and Jarlsberg's pen look awful. Getting an accessory that's better than a hockey stick as a ring of conflict increases familiar weight and gives adventures for free is nuts. Were you guys concerned about this at all? Eh, I mean, you know, it was meant to be kind of OP as a pull. And so, yeah, like, on the path, I can see. But, you know, I had no idea because we didn't... I don't think that we did a single entire ascension in testing. Like, nobody tried to test a speedrun in this. We didn't know that there wasn't going to be, like, a four- or five-day minimum on runs. And so giving, mm. you know... We, we, we tended at the end to just kind of err on the side of, like, eh, just give more stuff. Make stuff more powerful. You know? And it's... I don't know. I think it's cool. Uh, let's see. Siron says, I asked about this a few months back. Is the uncloseting slash pulling meat from closet Hanks doable, or is it still in the end of a long to-do list? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. It's at the end of a 
confusing <laughs> list of things that I don't know what they are. <laughs> also, just finished a kitty core run for the first time. Still no clues about what Missing Kidney does. Is there some hidden mini quest about organ thieves? Well, yeah. It's not all that hidden. Uh, WVO Quine says, the last couple of content updates have been all about Aftercore. Are you currently working on more Aftercore stuff, or have you changed focus? Uh, no, it's I'm working on... Uh, well, I mean, so when you wrote this, I was working on Daily Dungeon stuff, which that's been in the hopper for a long time. Um, you know, just while Big was out, we wanted to do Aftercore stuff, and we wanted Big to support that, and, you know, now it's... Now I think it's like back to the, back to the revamp train. Starting to... Starting to uh, grab little pieces of level 11 and decide what to do with them. The Dog Delusion says, Dear Mr. Skullhead, several shows back, you mentioned that you were or are or were doing Couch 25K. I'm doing the same thing and have been since June. Pretty close to being able to run continuously for 5 kilometers, 3.1 miles, despite my personal health holding me back a little bit. I don't have a question for the show, just wanted to give my encouragement to you on your similar-to-me quest for physical fitness. Good luck. Keep it up. Thanks, buddy. I will keep it up. Uh, Dance Commander 6 says, uh, new one-handed plus rollover adventures weapon. You've done tons of hat, pants, accessories, etc. This would be nice, too. Hey, you got the, uh, the time sword. Everybody has one of those that needs one. Uh, Kren von Zalsberg says the same thing. Again, on the C25K front, I recall you stating your weakness close to mine. I started to try Couch to 5K, and the reaction from my knees was, what the fuck is this shit? Did you have any joint issues? And if so, how did you work through them? <laughs> uh, by taking on some other joint issues yeah. <laughs> it's a medicine um I think I just really lucked out with the shoes because I think everything that has that was happening to that happens to joints happens because of bad shoes and I just had bought a pair of new balances at the goodwill because I was thinking of just wearing them for walking shoes because that's me but they are running shoes and they are pretty good running shoes uh, when my wife started running, she's doing the same routine. She had uh, shin splints the very first day that she ran because her shoes were like six years old. So, but after she got a new pair of shoes, she ran faster and she didn't have joint pain what at are all. Shin splints. So, like micro fractures in your shins or um, tissue pulling away from. Like, shin. is it just like when your shins hurt? Yeah, and it feels like little pinpricks. Huh. Like in your bone and sucks. I feel like maybe I've never had that. And depending on who you ask, you either should keep running through them or you should not run after you get them. And they're like your shins are going to fall apart or they're not. No. So, you know, it's good stuff. <clears throat> I I worry a little bit about my knees. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to the... You and I are getting to the end of the useful life cycle of our yeah. knees. I mean, which is why I've always, like, if I'm gonna... If I'm gonna move fast under my own power outdoors, I'm gonna be on a bicycle. You know? Mm -hmm. um, and, I, you know, I think part of it is just, like... St staying strong. You know, just, like, doing enough stuff that uses your leg muscles that you... Everything is in its right place. You know, I mean, I feel like people who people who like do any amount of weight training or whatever are just less likely to like fuck up their shoulders and stuff just because you're sort of more resilient if the kind of little ancillary muscles that are just there to kind of draw against other muscles are 
strong enough to do what they need to do. People always talk about, well, people don't always talk about this. There is there is a certain amount of blowback against like real specific targeting of muscles on modern gym equipment because it's like, yeah, this will make your yeah. biceps really big, but you're going to fuck up your shoulders or this will make your, you know, this will make your abs really strong, but you're going to fuck up your back. And it's just like, you know, this is why like just push-ups and sit-ups will are, are pretty good. You know, but you can't sell somebody push-ups and sit-ups. Yeah. Like a, a whole body fitness is the truth. Although I am looking forward to lifting weights again when we start our gym mm-hmm. membership again in the But fall. I think like free weights are fine, right? Because you actually have to yeah. like bend over and pick them up and put them on the thing. It's just the things where it's like, you know, just do this thing in this one straight line is where you is where you start to get you know just like weird unnatural movements is where you start to get like these weird uh, asymmetries of things that are supposed to be acting against one another hmm. uh, Blue Scream says whatever happened to Harold is he planned as part of a larger quest or revamp what can you tell me about halflings in the kingdom does the kingdom have its own sub race of halflings like it does nom goblins and smut orcs uh, yeah it does and it's such a tiny thing that's almost completely done and uh, I think it got it got held up because I was dissatisfied with Harold's bell as a reward for it, and uh, yeah. it just never came up with another reward. It's, it's got art. It's got writing, and it doesn't consist of anything. So don't get don't get too excited. It's like you don't even spend any turns on it. I don't think. Um, Maharito says so. Now that we have a dungeon where optimality is not rated in number of adventures, and it's gotten to the point where even non-solo clans will pay for people to adventure in their dungeon, i.e., the adventuring itself is the valuable resource. Have you turned a blind eye for good to the to good old stomach stapler jick, or is this maybe a half-hearted compromise for us crazy souls with hours to burn on this dreadful sojourn? Or as I suspect, does this still not sufficiently address the problem that relatively few people will want to play through such a large number of adventures by hand for days or weeks on end, and thus leads to the erosion of content enjoyment? I can honestly say, Maharito, that I have no idea what you are asking. Do, <laughs> does does good old stomach stapler jick, which I feel like is the crux of this, does that mean anything to you? Are you stapling your own stomach? I don't know. So we made a dungeon that takes a lot of adventures to complete. And that's the biggest resource? Yeah. So... Are we okay for people to play it by themselves? I guess? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. We're going to have to move on, yeah, Margarito. I mean, it's. I feel like this could... It, it could be a question about automation? Does he mention playing adventures by hand? Or... Uh, yeah, sorry, man. Ask again... Later and more Con- concentrate <laughs> yeah. and uh, ask again try, with more clarity. Try saying that again like, in a different you, way. You don't have to be glib, guys. It's cool. You can just ask a question, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and we'll answer it. Uh, F says the radio shows are such an amuse bouche or an apéritif to my day. You are the mercredi to this pièce de résistance. Each show is a potpourri, a tour de force, if you will. They are not quite my raison d'être, you nouveau riche bourgeois, n'est-ce pas? Voilà. Thanks, F. I feel like uh, that whole thing had a certain it genetic quality. It did. Um, and some ajou. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fuck, I'm sorry. I can't think of anything. I used them all. What's that phrase, that, the stairway humor? 
L'esprit de colère. L'esprit de colère. John Diaz says, first radio question for me. Thanks right off the bat for making such a sweet game and especially the nice system you have for donation slash items. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in. And thank you for being a nice dude. Would you consider some way of giving thank players stainless steel slash plexi items for runs that don't drop them because you don't fight the naughty sorceress? I only found out this detail after doing a Postaments or Bugbear Invasion hardcore run specifically to nab the gear, so I'm a little cross as I find hardcore unpleasant. Um, because I want... I don't want to commit to this, but because I want the option of making the bosses when there's an alternate boss drop something new, I don't want to get into the habit of just having them be like the sorceress with a different coat of paint. Mm. You know? And so... And so, no, I don't think so. He says, as the Ascension history is evidently stored somewhere, I think it would be feasible to distribute Earn Gear at any given point in the future for those runs. Now, I mean, I'm sorry that you got bitten by something, but I don't think that I would want to act on that retroactively anyway. P.S. I also find it funny that in high school, the kids are allowed to run around with unsheathed weapons, but wearing hats is against the rules. Go figure. Yeah, that wasn't even your idea. That was that was the thing that I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be able to wear hats. That was always a thing, though. And uh, <clears throat> I remember that very firmly because our friend Mike had uh, one of the teachers told him to take his hat off because he was a fedora wearer and there was a girl who had a little like bowler hat tucked into her hair and was and he asked why she got to wear her hat and he said because it's a hair decoration not a hat so he wore a little pink bow for the rest of the Mm -hmm. year and somehow did not get the shit kicked out of him so go Prescott yeah I don't know whether that's the thing that makes me like him or dislike him you know I feel like it's a thing that reinforces I mean, whatever you already think about him. Probably. It, it was kind of clever to point out the hypocrisy of the rule. Yeah, but point, I mean, I pointing think. out the hypocrisy that, like, why can't I wear a dress? She's wearing a dress. You know? It's not... I, I don't... And the answer is you yeah, can. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know that that counts as hypocrisy, right? I mean, if your work dress code... I mean, like, I could have just been a dick about not being allowed to wear earrings at the job I had where I couldn't wear earrings and said, well, women can do it. But instead of making a big deal out of it, I just started wearing them and nobody ever said anything, you know, Mm -hmm. which is like, okay, this is, but I don't want to, I don't want to bring a a sex discrimination lawsuit against a business place that doesn't make, you know. I mean, he didn't like, protest and throw a fit to change the rule. He was just like, well, I'm going to have something in my hair. Yeah, Yeah, I guess. What? But I think one of the the things that they say when you try to get in without a hat is the kind of, well, how about her thing? Oh, that's a hair Mm. decoration. Inside jokes, kids. Very, very far inside. Good deal. Um, why, Why can't you wear hats? In school, I get the gum thing because you just put gum everywhere and the janitors get sick of cleaning it up because people right. can't be trusted with fucking anything, apparently. Of course, in our school, you couldn't chew gum, but you could chew tobacco because most of the kids who chewed tobacco were, like, the families that had streets named after mm-hmm. them. So the teachers were supposed to kind of turn a blind eye, even though they would fucking spit on the floor and grind it in with their little boots. <laughs> yeah. 
Filthy bastards. Uh, man, it sucks because having gone through a really brief period of time where I chewed tobacco, I understand how fucking great chewing tobacco is. In addition Ugh. to just being the grossest thing in the world, it is also <laughs> it is also just it is it is satisfying in a way that no one would ever believe until they experience it for themselves. Oh, the like hour I spent chewing tobacco and drinking a like twenty ounce screwdriver was fantastic mm-hmm. until the yeah. end of it. Ah, uh, man, no. Uh, Lightwolf says, I've heard people talk about a non-item of the month garden before. I can't remember if that was something you were actually considering, not unlike the Hobopolis clan furniture drop at one point, or if you had said the garden was exclusively an item of the month slot. Um, I don't feel super strongly one way or another about that. I just kind of... I don't know exactly what the audience is for that. Um... And it's a non-trivial amount of implementation relative to other things, you know? Like, it, it's not, you know, it's like making a potion is real easy. Making a piece of gear is pretty easy. Making a campsite dwelling is five times as much work as either of those things. And making a garden is ten times as much work. And so it's like, how many people are we going to be serving with this, like... How far down do we have to water it before it's clearly outclassed by anything we might want to do there with an item of the month? I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's like the bookshelf idea. It's like, I'm not averse to having a non-Mr. Store tome or Librem. I just, that's never going to be the thing that I decide to do, probably. Uh, this got me wondering how strong a clover garden would be compared to the other item of the month gardens. If it only gave you a clover every two days, would it be more or less powerful comparatively? I mean, I think it would be boring as shit if it gave you a clover every two days. Like, that just seems like I would not... Like, why would you even bother? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, no question this time, says Shamu. Just wanted to say thank you for the on-the-trail icon change. You guys are the best devs ever. I know! Uh, Murex Bob says, since the Mayfly bait got updated to give a chance of an extra Freddy, how about the little businessman kit? You know, I decided not to do that because I felt like it was already too... It was a little easier than I wanted it to be to get Krugerrands by the time everything was said and done. I mean, I'm not unhappy with it, um, but I'm disinclined to make it easier. Like, I, 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 I crested that particular hill, and it's like, eh, not gonna, not gonna do any more things that make it easier to get crew grants. New Pillow says, do previous special paths also have unique folder drops? No, that is the opposite of a thing that we would do. Uh, Baz Bryan says, could we have the option to write notes on our contact list? I sometimes forget why I added someone, and this makes me sad. I can absolutely see why you would want that. That would not be super tricky to do either. I will think about that. Sol Solve Omnis writes a thing that is way too long to read, but it's basically like, thank you for the pat thing, Scully. No problem. That is, that's a little weird. I It never occurred to me that that... Like, but the, the way that I, the way that I sort of thought about it after, after, uh, reading that account of having been sort of 
I don't know. Bullying, because I don't know the details, may or may not have been too strong of a word for that. But, like, if being constantly referred to as Zack the Lego Maniac had been something that was sort of overtly hurtful or that was a thing that drew into sharp relief some... I was going to say some troubling aspect of my identity, but just some... uh, If you were like... If you were constantly feeling conflicted because of the way you felt about Legos, yeah. even though there was nothing yeah, wrong with exactly. the way you felt that's, about Legos. Yeah, that's, that's what I was, I was trying to figure out how to express that in a way that didn't make it seem like it was a bad thing, you know, but just a, just a thing that made things more difficult. Right. Yeah. We know, and we said, like, <clears throat> the sketches about Pat themselves seemed like more of a the clueless people around Pat are the yeah. butt of the joke while Pat is just kind of doing her thing. Sorry, doing Pat's thing. Which read to me is, but, I mean, that looking back on that, like, that but seems... But the assholes yeah, don't sure. know That's that, it, that, right? Like, the things themselves were, you could easily read them as subversive and pretty progressive about it, right? Because it was like, like, I feel like the, the thesis of those sketches were like, who the fuck cares? Just get on, do your job. What the fuck? You know? And that's hmm. a thesis I can get behind, but yeah, you're you know you you are right that the people who are going to use it as a rallying cry to be mean to somebody, they don't know that. Um, and it changing it was meaningless, right? So why not? Well, it was also it wasn't just if I change this, then they'll shut up. It was more, oh, that was the opposite of what I was yeah. trying to do. So, sweet. I've succeeded on all No, I, you know, I wrote a post. I wrote a reply to that effect. And then I was like, eh, you know, I'm going to let I'm gonna let him have this conversation instead of putting words in his mouth. <laughs> uh, Josh Dobbins says, if you considered adding additional uses for Almanac pages, they're currently almost nothing in the mall. And given current trends, they will continue to stock up pointlessly. Even an auto-sell value would be nice. Yeah, I could see giving them an auto-sell value. Um, I should have made them much rarer. I was just worried. Wow, Jesus Christ. There are a lot of people playing in Dreslovania. That makes me pretty happy. Ah, man. Sorry, I tabbed out to look at them all, and then I forgot where my questions were. Dear Jick and Mr. Skullhead, says PastaMan27. This is kind of an advice hot dog question, so feel free to skip it if you like. Do you enjoy your jobs? By which I mean, do you enjoy the day-to-day activities for which you make money? By all reasonable assessments, aside from being independently wealthy, you both hit the occupation jackpot. Jake is the owner of an indie video game company that's provided him for him for many years. Mr. Scullet is a paid writer doing writing he enjoys for a boss with whom he has a good relationship. However, listening to the radio show over the years, there seems to be no shortage of times where Jake is unhappy with how the company is going, and I'm sure Mr. Scullet has things that bother him. I don't intend to pry, but I'm trying to figure out if it's possible to actually love your work, or if that's just another bullshit lie we tell children. I'm a relatively young man with a family to support in a job that is fine. It isn't bad, but it doesn't excite or invigorate me. I'm trying to figure out if that is something reasonable to expect in life. Uh, sincerely, PastaMan27. I don't think it's reasonable to expect it, and... No, like, nobody... Nobody's life is easy. And I think it's jarring to hear somebody who you... You envy their position complaining about it right but I mean like everybody has 
everybody has shit they got to deal with because that's just part of being alive. You know, so there, and, and also because I spend so much time just like talking about my feelings, just laying my heart bare to you people over the internet. You know, you, it's like you get to hear the worst of me. And you know, the grass is always browner on your side of the <laughs> it's fence. True. You know, I mean, I knew that I was never going to be happy working for somebody else. And not everyone is like that. And I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm happier or not. I'm definitely more fulfilled. And I certainly would not trade it for any job that I had prior to this or any job in the world that I can imagine, I guess. I mean, I could just, I could, you know, I can imagine a lot of things. Part of what I do for a living is imagine things. But, you know, I could imagine a job that doesn't really exist that would be just perfect. Um, but that job doesn't really exist. Yeah, like blowjob receiver sure. is not, as a general rule, a job. It's more you of a you'd hobby. you get sick of it, you know? You'd get tired of it. You, you would eventually start to, like... You know, it's like that, uh, it's like that, I don't know, it's, I feel like this gets waved around the, the men's rights activist subreddits, but it's just like the picture of the super hot girl with the caption, somebody somewhere is totally fed up with her bullshit. And like... Yeah, that's a thing they could apply to. Yeah. I mean, every job has aspects of it that are unpleasant. I feel like even like the movie stars get pissed off when they have to do like 12 hours of press junket for their movie and like Bob Seger had the best job ever but he wrote a whole song about how much it sucked sometimes about how he had the fire down below well no the having to stand like a rock I was thinking of turn the page oh okay okay where he's all fucking have to tour again and people are assholes everywhere I go and what is the name of this song? I, I can never remember, because I feel like you think it's the Eagles or something, but then it turns out it's just nobody. Uh, or maybe it is something to do with the Eagles, that Life's Been Good to Me So Far song. I don't remember who the artist is or what it is called, even though I've heard it a thousand times. It's the other guy from the Eagles. So not Don, not Don that, Henley? Not Don Henley and not Glenn Frey. Okay the other guy from the but uh, yeah I'm pretty sure it it has something to do with is it Joe Walsh Joe Walsh okay and it's just called Life's yeah. Been Good to Me So Far okay right maybe I didn't used to think that that's what it was called because that part of the song doesn't really read like a chorus um, mm-hmm. I mean I think generally the idea that there is some fundamental happiness or fulfillment out there is kind of a bullshit lie that you tell little kids so that they don't just kill themselves. <laughs> the idea that it's a that there is a perfect happiness and fulfillment all yeah. the time. And I'm sure that you have had moments where, you know, like when you were writing the design doc for Dritzylvania. You were a pretty happy motherfucker at that point. Well, right? yeah, but... I, so, it, it, like, I was very much looking forward to it, right? I had been trying for months to arrange a, a long weekend where I could get away. I look back on it now, and it's very easy to romanticize, but, I mean, in the moment, it was pretty unpleasant, right? Because mm. it was just like, all right, 
you've got this grid in front of you on this sheet of graph paper. Got a piss? Too bad. You are not getting up from this fucking chair until every square in this grid is filled out. You're out of coffee? Tough shit. You can have coffee when you finish this. Coffee is for fucking closers. Right? And, and that's what that was for four days. Was just hmm. doing that. So, you know, and, and it's like, it was satisfying and it was f- like, I am, I can look at that and I am just proud of it, you know? But like, it wasn't like, the, you know, when you're doing a creative project, you, am, any creative project that you're not doing, you imagine it to be this amazing, fun thing. But actually producing something, it's like, 25% really fun and then 75% slog because that's what it takes to actually make a thing exist. You know? It's like whenever we thought like, yeah, let's come up with 10 things for this thing to do. It's like, yeah, that'll be that'll be trivial and then it's real trivial and fun to come up with 3 of them and then it's like, ah, oh, fuck, let's yeah. spend the entire rest of the day coming up with the other 7 and not be very satisfied with them. But then when the thing comes out, it's like, you don't know that. You don't you don't know as a player which of those items you don't know which of the character classes in KOL I was like, fuck, I just don't have a good idea for this. So I'm just going to shit something out that I'm totally dissatisfied with. Right? Because it's so used to just seeming like part and parcel of this big composition now. But it doesn't feel like that in the moment. So, yeah, I mean... it, it In the moment, happiness and long-term satisfaction are not the same thing. And I think that you can, Mm -hmm. but you know, I think that you can be satisfied in the long term, even if you don't really like your job, you can find something to do that gives you that satisfaction. Brew beer. Yeah. Play open mic nights Mm -hmm. in the evening. You know, raise your kids and be happy for them. Like, sure. It's weird, right? Because they're like some level of discontent is good. Because it motivates you to be all -hmm. that you can be. But if you're already all that you can be, then you kind of have to shut that off. Yeah, but nobody's all they can be. Everybody can work harder. I think I'm all that you can be. Uh, Glebe says, is the goal of the new challenge path to beat up as many high school girls as possible? Are there any females? I guess there's the chemistry teacher. I was being all... See, I was in a, for some reason, a very, like inclusive and enlightened mood when I wrote this so instead of football players the sportos are lacrosse players and they're female oh okay I didn't realize that I mean most of the rest of the stuff you fight like in the classrooms are inanimate objects I should probably put some hair on the (laughs) sporto yeah uh, guy so. says, uh, no, no, no. Mousicle says, I'm really enjoying the new path. It makes me happy that I'm not a high school student anymore. I think it's really creative and the new items you can make seem really cool. Question. Can you do the unusable strikeout on the non-path booze? Yeah. Chris will have to do that. I will post that into the log. Oh, man. Speaking of which, were you around when uh, Nietzsche popped into chat earlier? Jesus. No, that's amazing. He's a lawyer. Pie Monkey has a kid. Pie Monkey yeah. has a kid. God damn. Yeah, That's guy amazing. says news zap uh, result for the folder holder. The over the shoulder, f- the over the holder shoulder folder, an equivalent back item, except instead of holding folders, it decapitates you. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, it seems like there's been a lot of dark stuff happening lately. Silent Invasion, most of the new sea stuff, and now Dreadsylvania. Is this a sign of vaster, sinister, or things to come, or just coincidence? Nah, it's probably just coincidence. We got. 
I don't know. I feel like I had a boner for Lovecraft stuff for a while. Yeah, you were <clears throat> you were pretty insistent on the sea stuff that we really dial down the humor and dial up the creep. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, th- n- there was a directive. I remember. Right, but that directive. was. All, I mean, all we really did for new content on that was the temple, right? So it was just in that one part of it. Yeah. I mean, the content rollout was largely just like the stuff that we wrote from two thousand nine in our in our typical idiom. It was more the finding mom stuff. Oh yeah, okay. Where I remember in my notes you had specifically said this should be creepy, more creepy right. than funny. Right. Okay, that's true. And so I, I keep like, forgetting about that fun. because that was a thing that I had. Th- that was the the one sort of significant element of the C rollout in March that was genuinely like just new that I hadn't even thought about before. Um, so yeah, you're no. right. I guess all of the all of the new stuff. Yeah, I don't know, man. I was wrong. Uh, let's see. People talking about some stuff and some long questions. Um, to Big Quack says, please, 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 can we have a confirm use option on the Dreadsylvanian keys? I've lost count of the number I've accidentally used. Um, that would be pretty time-consuming to code, just because of the way that well, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe there is some sort of trick where you could just pop a JavaScript alert onto the submit, maybe. But then, but no, you couldn't because it would have to know whether somebody else had unlocked the door. I mean, why? Like, why do you? Why would you buy a key that you didn't want to use? I guess is the problem. I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that this doesn't upset you because I'm. It clearly does. Right, I'm just sort of curious as to what the use case is. You know, it doesn't give you any indication that it's locked, but like that's what they're for is unlocking things, right? So if you unlock something, like why were you trying to go there if you didn't want to go there? And if you did want to go there, you have to unlock it. So why is that a big deal? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, erotic Muppet Killer says, Jake Andrew Scully, I like the black and white. Uh, I'd like the black and white on the player screen to invert. That's not really a question. So, have you ever thought of adding an option to the interface that inverted the black and white colors? Staring at them for so long hurts my eyes. Uh, anyway, salutations. You know that wouldn't work right well, because you- of all the images being made on a white background. So I feel like that's a thing that you ought to do at the OS level. What you want to do is download a program called F. Lux. Especially if you're on a PC. I don't know if it's a Mac program at all. But it changes the color warmth of your computer screen based on the time of day. To make it it less like keeping you awake and more melatonin juicing. Well, it's just easier to look at too. Like when I'm in a dark room looking at the computer at night. It has like a pink tint to it that you can barely perceive but it, I just don't get the fatigue that I used to from the plain white and we were actually doing something that required looking at colors so I had, had turned it off one night and it was just amazing how much that glare mm. sucked so yeah f.lux justgetflux.com I will try it it's good I will stuff. try it it is also available for Mac, Linux, and yep, iPhone, it does, iPad. Uh, it does say that. I am surprised that that would work on an iPhone or iPad. I'm surprised that iOS would let a piece of software 
do that to other pieces of software. Uh, let's see. Orange Juice says, is it possible to make it so we can uh, use Hanks to manage our mall store while in Ronin? Not being able to micromanage my stall while on a run seems rather inefficient. Yeah, that's a thing that has bothered people since time immemorial. I should probably just... I should probably just say, C.D. Moyer, the thing that always gives me pause on just saying do this is that the mall management interface needs a comprehensive overhaul, and I'm not any better at that than Chris is, so maybe it's just time to say, Chris, redo mall management interface, make it so mm. you can put stuff in and out of Hanks, actually like Ajax it so that it's not in the it's not done in the naive way that I did it a long time ago, and and you know just 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 do it. Just make a better mall management interface. You have a, just as good an idea of how to make people happy with that as I do, and much more technical expertise. So maybe that's what I should do. In fact, maybe I just did that. Maybe he'll listen to this podcast and and give himself a ping. Uh, RNG eight me says, any chance you would put a potion out there that delevels familiar, say in the knob dispensary, not a penalty on weight, but actually decrease base weight. This way, I can do more 100% runs in KOLHS. I don't. I don't want to set a precedent for us having a responsibility to support 100% familiar runs under weird circumstances that don't necessarily lend themselves to them. Like, I can feel for the guy who was trying to do 100% cubling Bad Moon run, but I'm not going to fundamentally change the structure of the daily dungeon to support that crazy weird thing that like only three people would ever do you know and it's like mm -hmm. I, I I can understand like if you enjoy doing 100% familiar runs and you don't want to have your streak unbroken or whatever but it's just it's like I wish there was a simple solution but I don't think that there is one uh, hey, DN says, does giving the carriage man in Dreselvania booze count for the one per account or one account per dungeon or per instance dungeon rule I mean, I don't want to say no, but I don't want to say yes. Um, it's not an adventure, but it shows up in the log, so I've never taken another account into an instance I fed booze for so far. I mean, since... Oh, yeah, that's hard to... I think while that is against the letter of the law, it is not a thing that you would ever get in trouble for. Um, Orbris says, could the Faraday cage be made a non-quest item? I'd love to be able to DC one of these like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I understand why it's not a big deal for it to not be a quest item, but I kind of like the symmetry, and I don't want to open up all of the other items for argument about whether they should be quest items or not. Yeah. Well, that seems like it's been ten dozen minutes, Mr. Skullhead. I think that we have delivered everything we promised to deliver. Oh, uh, well, we're like nine dozen minutes, but uh, we've delivered more than we usually do. Good deal. So... And we're out of like questions. More than I you guys am. asked some good questions. I, kinda, I feel like we gave yeah, some good answers. Pretty good. We talked about life and love and loathing and butts. Dicks and gypsies and, and robots. Jews. And I don't think we talked about yeah. any robots. Next next no, time, robots. Robot dicks. His robot companion, Lars's oh, robot that's true. companion. I do think uh, life, love, loathing, and robots should be our, mm -hmm. our tagline for the show. Laughing out loud, Rully. Laughing out loud, Richard. L-L-L-R, I said. L-L-C-J-L-O-L. L-O-Cool-J, laughing out loud. Yep. 
I want to I want to see a picture of LL Cool J laughing out loud. I'll bet that that would brighten my day. <laughs> LOL Cool J. Ah. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go maybe, find me a picture of LL Cool J laughing. I'm Mr. Skullhead and I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm Jack and I'm already gone.